This evening's Dharma talk is titled, Just Observe, number four. I'm sure you all noticed that as you, whether you're sitting on the cushion, but mainly when you're out in your, what we call post-meditation, your everyday acting, neighbors, family, friends, store clerks, on and on, co-workers, sangha, we notice that uh, that activity that happens in the mind to add on to something or to subtract, to judge, subtract from something, take away something that is appearing there, to add on, to subtract, and to what? Divide or distract yourself, divide yourself away. It's just very simple mathematics of ego. This is also called karma. And sometimes I've, I've given talks and have... Uh, on the four reminders that turn the mind towards the Dharma. And the last one is uh, fourth. Uh, what's the fourth one? Comforts, Comforts of realization. Mm. Is that correct? Are you sure? Pardon me? I do. I don't take out the word cut because I think it's valuable. Because, But the kind of cutting there is uh, called the sword of prajna. Prajna is is the, the wisdom that sees through this and that. That's why it's a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways at once. It cuts through this and that. So what we the provisional way of talking about it we need uh, is that we need to cut through the root of ego, the root of samsara. And that root or that cutting isn't an, exa- an actual cutting, but it, that metaphor probably works as well as anything. So sitting practice of meditation brings the awareness down to a point, down to one situation, moment after moment after moment. And you'll notice that uh, the way, um, using that same metaphor, the root, you, you, can also, you can see the stem, you can see the leaves, you can see the flowers, you can see the, the, the burdock, or whatever it may be, of this plant of samsara, very hard to find the root. And in order to do anything about it, in a relative sense, we need to see the root. So this is what this sitting practice, meditation practice is about. So what happens is we need to see very precisely little tiny desire, just a, a little tiny desire to want something else. A little tiny desire to not want something little tiny aggression. If the aggression has already left the root and is forming a stem and branches, you're probably going to be spinning in samsara and you you won't necessarily be able to do anything about it there. You might try, but I'm sure you'll notice that the more you try to grab onto your emotions and fashion them into a more pleasing or comfortable shape, that it doesn't work. So come. So the idea of just observe, which I say over and over again, more so lately in the last, uh, this current lifetime, I think I was saying this three lifetimes ago, but I think I was saying it in uh, some other language. You know what that was? Gentrification. So the emphasis is on just observe. Whatever happens, whatever comes up, just observe. Don't try to correct it too quick. This is what uh, Trungpa Rinpoche is saying by be genuine. Be, be who you are so that you can actually begin to see deeply into 
the complete falsity of that identity. You see, that it, un it is unreal, and it is dependently arisen. That it's dependently arisen, that this causes that, causes that, causes that, and this affects that and affects that, means there's nothing substantial anywhere that you could call me. So we go down into this and look very closely. You don't have to correct it. And I would, I would even say it this way, don't correct it. Just see it very, very deeply. And we practice and practice and we'll, we, we, we begin to see where it might even be more and more uncomfortable as we go along because we don't, we don't want to be self-centered. We don't want to be egotistical. We don't want to have negative feelings or feelings of grasping or rejecting or being at war. We don't want that. So, but uh, self-centered mind, if that has not been seen through, then we enlist the aid of the self-centeredness to help us push on the things we don't like, that we don't want. What's being said here as a spiritual path, we're saying, I'm saying, it's being said. Look very deeply into whatever's happening. Don't do anything with it. Don't meddle with it. Don't try to clear it up. Don't try to, don't try to cut the root. If you see a root, you probably don't see it. If you think you're seeing the root, probably not. That's probably tree bark. So uh, images, metaphors only go so far that we need to use them to get us to the, to the insight that we're uh, endeavoring to bring about, which, ever, which is what? Everything is dependently arisen. There's no self in the skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. There's no solid being there, but it sure feels like it. And if someone or something, a situation comes along or someone comes along, and as what's the thing that we often say, something, someone rattles our cage. You know, in other words, someone triggers the, the, the prisoner that's already there, the ego. Rattle, rattle that. Then we start to fuss and fidget and blame and accuse, whine and bitch. But you know, it's, it's on a very, very low level. The, the, it's a very low frequency that starts out paper thin. That's where it has to be seen. It has to be seen on a level where just the seeing of it cuts it. Just the seeing. You might ask, well, how, how, how does that cut that? Does that actually, is something cut off? Again, it's just a way of talking about it. Homes, friends, wealth, and comforts of samsara, the constant torment of the three sufferings, just like a feast before the executioner leads you to your death, I will cut desire and attachment, attain enlightenment through exertion. So what is the exertion about there? The exertion is about just your intention to stay with that, stay with that, continue to see, observe, be aware. Some meditation uh, uh, forms use different use following the breath, labeling thinking, using mantras, using all kinds of things to help us crowd our awareness into some kind of one-pointedness so we can see that root, so we can cut that root. It's interesting, Trungpa Rinpoche, in his early, uh, probably around the time I met him, when he got here in the early 70s, 1970, at the Karma Choling, which was called Tale of the Tiger back then, and he even said that he started out not teaching anybody anything. I remember that. Just sit there. No technique. And then he found that because of the way people were working with their minds, it might be better to give them something to, to fiddle with, look at. So follow the breath. So when we say, when I say train the mind, I'm saying 
we want to stretch or, or empower or prioritize the spaciousness of the mind, the, that, that area of the mind that actually uh, houses or, or holds or allows the content to arise and fall, arise and fall, thoughts, emotions, feelings, judgments, opinions, memories, hopes, fears, all of that. So the way I teach it, uh, sitting practice of meditation is uh, shikantaza, is, which means just precisely this. So everything is fair game. You can hold still. If you were to tell me, Sokazan, I've been watching my breath come and go for weeks, that's all I do. I wouldn't object to that. I wouldn't say stop doing that. I would trust your complex of feelings, emotions, ideas, identity, lack of identity, judgments, conditioning that is that is dependently arisen. It comes from who knows where all these things come from to provide us with a, a group of people that are similar. We're all human beings, except for a couple of aliens I see there. But we're all basically similar, but, but the the causes and conditions that arose for you, I mean, if you went back to uh, your whole um, third grade year, would be completely different than anyone else. I mean, the way you were handling school, the way you were working with, with your uh, classmates, or the way you were working with uh, the, uh, the instructions or the, the uh, discipline, you could say, of your parents if they were dis uh, bringing some kind of discipline to you would be completely different. And some people don't, don't really even have parents other than gangs. So causes and conditions are completely different flavors. But the thing that seems to be important to encourage people to do is to, to train our minds to, to find a way to be sane, use the conventional term, um, less warlike, maybe no more war at all. Or maybe when the war comes and goes, the, the awareness has, 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 uh, had, uh, has broken through the walls of the mind and has seen that there isn't anyone. And so therefore, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say this in this way, and I certainly don't mean uh, to pr promote some kind of aggressiveness, but bring on the war. There's no one here, there is no, there is no war. There needs to be an identity. So this doesn't mean that if you are to attain reality, to realize who you are, that you won't be more challenged by war, that you won't be more magnetized by passion, that you won't be more magnetized by war. Keep your sword sharp. The sword of prajna, of course. How do you do that? With the stone of awareness practice. Yes, sir? How does one like you said, attains reality or sees what this is or who they are, how would they become more magnetized by warfare or passion? Um, because they're not no longer defending against anything. So there's an open dimension that doesn't have a, a, a being in it anymore. There's still a physical form, and you still have your karma. Your hair doesn't necessarily fall out, although mine did. Your, your ears don't turn upside down. Oh, now my ears are upside down. So... Conditioned reality has not changed any. So except that you're psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever one you want to use is no longer defending against anything. You're no longer worried about anything because you've realized who you are is completely, it's, you're unable to threaten who you are anymore. So people could criticize you. They could come at you with 
hacksaws, not threatened. This doesn't mean you wouldn't get out of their way. You don't become a, a fool in the sense of, uh, go ahead and chop me up. I'm, I'm nobody. We're not talking about that kind of uh, um, idealism or romantic notions. Uh, in fact, and in fiction, you're probably more grounded than you've ever been because you actually realize that you are not separate from anything. You're not separate from the earth. You're not separate from the bottoms of your feet on the earth. You're not separate from the neurosis of everybody you meet. Every time you meet somebody, you feel their neurosis all the way down. You don't do anything with it. As I often say to people, don't teach. Don't teach out of your knowledge, your relative knowledge, no matter how profound it may seem to you. On the other hand, don't abandon anyone. Listen to, listen to everyone. Listen to what's happening with others. As you work with your own form of difficulty or suffering that you are trying to observe or trying to see what it is or trying to cut the root of samsara, trying to cut the root of passion, aggression, and ignorance. Yes, sir? How can we work with situations where someone else is uh, providing us with a choice? What kind of choice? Give me, an give me a concrete example. The actual one you're referring to, if you, unless it's too personal. Or make like, something. Like deciding between like the one job and another. There's two different options laid out. Or like an employer asks you to mm -hmm. take on more hours or something like that. Well, I'm, st I'm still not specific. I would say don't do anything unless you have to. If you're not going to lose your job, don't take on more hours. Unless you... Unless you have to, you might. I, I don't know what you would, you know, what your condition is, what the whole big picture is. So it would be a situational, but it shouldn't necessarily. When I say shouldn't, I'm saying it would be best if it comes out of your awareness of the situation rather than, than your hope and fear, rather than fearing something and then acting out of trying to cover up the fear. So when someone just don't do anything else, you have to. And then, then if you, it's interesting because if you, if you, if you take that kind of uh, approach or attitude or understanding, you'll find you do it a lot less. But when you do actually do something, you, you, you just you just do it because that needs to be done next. So there's no speculation. You're not gambling with your life, particularly. More? Is it an illusion to think that someone is um, offering a choice? I'm not sure. I mean, I... When I hear you ask that, I I'm, I'm look at various situations. So I, you'd have to be more specific. Is it a game that we play with ourselves or I play with myself? Well, that could be. Since you're asking, it's possible. But as I say, don't, don't do anything unless you have to do it. Someone's asking you this or that. Or what do you think about this or this? You, you could actually just say, I don't know. Well, do you want more hours or not? Say, not particularly. Well, I want you to work more hours. And you could say, well, I, I really I really can. I have other things that I need to do. And then they say, well, you're gonna, we're going to have to let you go. We need somebody that works full time or something like that. You know, I mean, it can go back and forth. And so it would be so, so individual. But if you do it out of the situation, then you don't have to, you don't have to particularly uh, think about it. This doesn't mean that you, you stop evaluating things or thinking about things, but it, it's much simpler than we, we give ourselves such a hard time out of this and that. Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish theologian, a uh, hundred and some years ago, wrote a book called Either Or. I can't remember what it's about. 
but there's a good title, isn't it? As I've said before, you've often heard me say, uh, if, the, if it's really a good book, all you can do is read the title. Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism, The Myth of Freedom, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Uh, what's that other one? Meditation <laughs> 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 Who wrote that? <laughs> Somebody on the internet. <coughs> More, Michael? Uh, further questions since we're in that area? Yes. You, just as something like choices are much simpler than we give them credit for. Yeah. Can you say more about that? Yeah, just don't don't make any choices unless you have to. And then if you have to, then you, there isn't a choice. You you have to do this. I mean, I'm not saying that it, if uh, if there's a front door and a back door and you're in the middle of the house and suddenly there's a fire, you know, you might have to make a choice between the front door and the back door. I would run for the one up. To the, towards the one I'm already facing, and it would be choiceless. I wouldn't, or the one I was closest to. I mean, it's just those kind of. When it's when it's a real emergency, then you just decide based on what you see. And uh, I think I've said before, everything's an emergency from that point of view. Just function out of whatever whatever's happening. Function out of that. It's difficult. It's threatening the ego to do that because the ego wants to be included with its little uh, bag of uh, of opinions and ideas and. And judgments and, and, and protections and and its paranoid 360-page uh, uh, insurance policy about protecting itself from anything. More, Michael. You often say that the ego is unreal, and I guess I'm wondering how, or I'm wondering if there's some sort of like conclusion to where it's just absolutely seen through. Is is that what you mean when you say that? It, it's uh, it's not actually a conclusion. It's more of an inclusion. Of the two inclusions, do the end inclusion. So in other words, it's always including everything, including the most most horrible thing that's happening. Rather than reject that, run away from that, and protect your so-called self, then include it. That doesn't mean run into a burning building, but you might have a conversation or talk or tap the people on the shoulder who are running into a building burning and uh, build, burning building and don't know it. Yes? How can we include what we can't see? We do it all the time. It's called an opinion. We, we actually can't see what that is. We can't see the root of that, but we have opinions. We include it by including it. Ah, oh, finally that's over with. Now I know what I think. <laughs> well, what do you think about what I'm thinking? That kind of thing. Well, I don't know. What are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking... This and this. Well, I don't agree with that. It's just a, it's just a relative back and forth kind of teeter-totter, yes? What's going on when you don't even believe your own opinion? Doesn't sound too bad. What is your opinion? <laughs> is it a believable opinion? <laughs> it's arrogant. So I think it's uh, what it sounds like you're expressing. It's just a path quality. As we go along, we get get more and more kind of nauseated with our self-centeredness. You know, we uh, and even though we hear there is no, there is no, there isn't anyone. So you don't have to get rid of something that is non-existent, but it feels so real. And even though we have the teaching that there's no self in the skandhas, and that 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 being is not. It's not substantial, not real. 
so we don't have to worry about getting rid of it. Still, the if you still feel the irritation and the kind of the nausea over being kind of uh, maybe you could say embarrassed over our self-centeredness, you know, we can often make that into a substitute for actually going further into it and seeing completely through it. If you see completely through it, then it's gone. But if you if you still hang on to some kind of uh, a feeling about well, at least I know it's unreal. Some kind of a little credential of I see their ego is unreal. I see it some kind of being able to trot that out, you know, to yourself or to others. You'll notice that if someone is, if you're engaged in a discussion with somebody and they're highly wound up in their self-centeredness and you try to lecture them about selflessness, not a good idea. Probably should never teach anybody anything about that unless they ask. Earlier you've said, and on occasion you, you say that, um, for instance, when a negative feeling arises, uh, to just look at it and not, you said, not push on it. Yes. How is that uh, different from, or you said, I think it was stay with that negative feeling. How is that different from trying to maintain that staying with the negative feeling? Well, the, the staying with is just meant, it, it's easy if you notice something that is negative or uncomfortable, uh, and, and it seems to kind of be, you know, the little thing, the little trailer, little uh, thought balloons around it was, well, I've looked at this enough. <laughs> you know, I, okay, I, I got it. I know. I've got it. Now I want to do something else. So quite often we'll divide ourselves or ignore, we'll distract ourselves. We won't. We won't deliberately fight it, or we won't deliberately explain it, or justify it, or blame someone else, or blame ourselves. Maybe we've gotten beyond, beyond that somewhat, but we'll distract ourselves by turning to something else. Well, I'm just not going to think of that anymore, or, or I've got I, uh, I have to I have to go to my guitar lesson. Some kind of a, a distraction. And so when we say when I'm saying stay with it, I'm saying just look at feel the texture of it. Don't beat yourself up with it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just stay with the texture of it. And notice how, how that texture feels. Notice the feeling quality of it. Feelings need to be uh, deeper than the thought patterns about it. You don't have to get rid of the thought patterns. But the feeling quality of, a, of it is can be very strong. Is, is that sense of wanting to, to distract ourselves with something else actually trying to escape that feeling then? Could be. It's just a... a Trying to get away from it somehow, like I said just said a moment ago, uh, a little tiny uh, thought pattern that comes up next, right next to that, says, "I've looked at this enough." You give yourself a little cr- tiny credential. I've been look. I've been looking at this for fifteen minutes now. Isn't this enough? No, it's not enough. There shouldn't be any timer on that. You should. You should completely trust your consciousness, your awareness. You, you know, you're you are the Buddha. My friends, yes. When I have an impulse to do something, if I attempt to do nothing with it, that seems to actually look like refusing it or refusing to give in to the impulse. So what would not doing anything with it actually look like? Uh, the way I talk about it is you're not going to be able to stop the negative feelings and emotions from arising in your in your. Uh, mind stream. Those are coming and going because they're they're 
they're outside of time and space and they're dependently arisen and they're uh, the yogacharans call it the alaya vijnana or the storehouse consciousness or the eighth consciousness you can't really stop that stuff so it's it's going to continue to come but what you can do is not as i sometimes say just very literally you can't just don't hook up your vocal cords and don't 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 put everything in gear and start going for a particular bad habit or for a or, to, or doing something that is going to tie you up in knots for a while and perpetuate your self-centeredness, your confusion. So you can, this is why the sitting practice of meditation is so valuable. Sit down, hold still, and, and observe the, what continues to move. And it will, over time, there's no guarantee, particularly so, but there, over time it will start to change in different ways depending on each person's uh, karma, each person's causes and conditions that even got you in this room. The karma is very mixed. We have very negative stuff happening. We have very positive. Uh, we call it uh, um, we call it merit. If you if you actually run into the uh, die and then are born in a place where there's uh, the teachings of the Buddha or the teachings of this kind of teaching, whether it's called Buddhism or something else, something that's talking about fundamental nature of reality, not a belief system, fundamental so where you yourself actually see what this is there's billions of people in the world and you see it and you know it and it's not uh it's a it's called unconditional confidence nothing can shake you loose for uh, shake you loose from that because it's not a it's not a conclusion it's not a grasping and it's not a there, there's no movement as coben said falling apart falling apart falling apart nothing to do what a wonderful way to describe, ordinary way to describe what this is. That all of your ideas, your conclusions, your concepts about the nature of who you were in the world fall apart. Everything just collapses into what? Causes and conditions, dependent origination. There's no solid thing showing up as me in my world. There's just this. More? Impulses. It feels like if I'm working with it, just observing that building would an expression of that be could an expression of that be appropriate if you don't think it up if it just happens spontaneously and i'm not talking about uh, impulsively there's a big difference between spont- spontaneity is uh, is with no object to get rid of anything no object to understand anything uh, no no it's not separate from what it is it's just spontaneous and it can arise anywhere, anytime, and it can arise out of the most confused person, and it can arise out of the most uh, uh, clear person. So this is why this is sitting practice, this is why uh, emphasizing just the awareness of space, the sky quality of the mind, not the clouds. We're not getting rid of the clouds, we're just making more room for it. Be a good host, open up, open all the doors up, and let everything come in. Except for that one thing, don't let them in. Yes, Sean. Uh, you mentioned don't do anything unless you have to and get into the fire. Yes. Uh, I was wondering if you could speak some more about it, or maybe get some more um, like subtle examples, or is there a, a feeling? The how do I know when I have to act? You'll see that you're at, you'll see that you're in motion. You're doing it. Uh, and this comes out of. Uh, it can come out of clarity about what this is. 
and it can come out of uh, a very, very dense codependent origination or karma, very dense, confused karma. That's why it's so difficult to understand. Because you were, you, nobody's making any choices, particularly. And then they are and they aren't. So it's a, we, we, it's a very subtle area. Because you're either acting out of your clarity, which is choiceless, save all beings. Everywhere you look, you don't see anything but your... Uh, but all beings have been your mother. That's another way of, classical way of talking about this. So you can't find anyone that's a stranger. And also, the other injunction to practitioners is be grateful to everyone. Everyone is bringing you the Dharma. Everyone is bringing you that. Everyone is giving you the opportunity to practice and understand who you are and that you're not separate from anyone. Further questions, Sean? So is it the same for like bodily choice, like which door to go out of, and mental um, choice or decisions? You just your body moves, or your mind just moves. So without getting to without splitting hairs over it, I was just saying that you know causes and conditions. You're going to because of the way physical relative reality is constructed. You're you know you're if it's time to go upstairs, you're going to go upstairs. If it's time to go downstairs, you're going downstairs. And to use uh, the emergency situation, if there's, if it's raining, uh, you know, if it's a tsunami, then, you know, you would protect yourself and try to protect others. So it's a, it's not something you decide to do. It's something you do because of causes and conditions are uh, coming along. It's a difficult thing to um, to describe because it so much feels like we're we're our own. We're deciding what to do with everything. There's a little bit of that happening but not as much as we like to believe, yes. When looking at an impulse and we have that feeling that we're refusing it, can that feeling of refusal be something that we're adding? Possibly. It's possible. I wouldn't go there because then, then you've got another layer of stuff to sift through. So keep it very simple. Don't be too concerned about uh, not adding even though I say don't add, I know you can't help but add. I've been adding ever since I got up here. I've been adding ever since I was born. It's about seeing the adding. It's about being about being aware that you continue to interfere with what is arising by stamping your approval or disapproval or shutting down on it. Yes? Did you ever come to a point in your practice where you just didn't add anymore? Uh, no. How about you? How are you doing? Well, I was under the assumption that you had gotten to that point. Well, that's the... Uh, said don't add so many times. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not accusing you of anything. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's good. So, further about that. So, it sure looks like that, though. It doesn't look... It looks like, well... Look, it might look like what I'm saying is don't add, and then you'll come to a point where you don't add. But what it is, is, is looking at the addition actually puts you on to how karma works so you can see that you add. And then by seeing that, you, you start to see that there's no one actually doing that. But the, the imputation or the conclusion that there's somebody that needs protecting or somebody that needs to add or subtract or divide, that identity starts to collapse. And when it collapses, things still come and go, but you're... You know, you're not in a position of adding or not. You're not, there's, there's no, um, difficult to say because it's like you're doing both. 
because nothing is separate anymore. So then there's no conclusion. There's no one adding. There's nothing been added. It's like uh, the Diamond Sutra says it beautifully. Anybody want to recite a line from the Diamond Sutra? It says it's not this, therefore it's this. No, it says uh, it's this. <laughs> what does it say? Does anybody know? Does anybody remember? Doesn't it? it go ahead. It says something about Sabuti. Says uh, something about creating a perception of a self, and uh, yeah. said there is no. Therefore, it is not the creation of a perception of a self, and therefore, it is spoken of as the. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's. It's that, it's not that, because it is that, because it's not that. Or it's that, because it's not that, therefore it's that. That's, that's the part that, that takes, and it, it shows you if, you, if you can just, when you listen to that or contemplate that, if you notice what the mind does, you can see the, you can see the rotating uh, action of the mind, because the mind wants to understand that. And uh, it can't be understood as uh, in a relative, that's where you actually stop leaving the moment and go for uh, 10 seconds when we talk when you talk about inclusion me is that uh different than pulling things in towards us it might show up a bit it could show up as 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 some kind of endeavor to noticing that you're always pushing things away and sh closing yourself off it might show up initially as a practice of, of a path quality of inclusion of, of going in uh, with somebody that you uh, you have difficulty with and going and helping them, finding someone that actually triggers negativity in you and uh, reversing that. This is the path. Uh, the ground is suffering. And in the Buddhist uh, situation, the, the ground is suffering and the path is uh, discipline, meditation, and wisdom. So we have to start with the discipline. So the discipline part is... You see that you're backing away, so you go the other way. You kind of go the opposite way the ego wants to go. And you don't do it as a, as a credential. You do it as an as a awareness. You just notice that when you feel like leaving, if you, if you go the opposite direction, and you don't even have to do anything. It isn't like you have to cross the room and hand somebody an ice cream cone. The other person might not know uh, anything at all about it. You might eat the ice cream cone yourself. You might buy it for them and walk towards them, and as you're doing it, you eat it. That's called ego. And you, but your intention was good, but you're hungry. <laughs> but what's inclusion that does nothing? There's no includer. The, 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 the path is inclusion because everything to the ego mind seems separated and away. And the good things are over there. I can't get to them. The bad things are over there. I can't keep them away. Flowers and weeds, as Dogen says, even though we don't want them. But weeds keep going. Even though we love them, flowers disappear or something like that in the uh, Shobogin and so. So it's, it's, it's working with that and in a, in a, watching with uh, that situation and having a sense of humor, not about laughing about it particularly, but noticing that, noticing that we want things to be different than they are. Not, whatever's happening, we want something a little bit different. And no, uh, the other thing is noticing when people are triggering uh, negativity in us that we, uh, um, we don't necessarily believe those thoughts. We don't necessarily believe those emotions. We have the emotion. And if someone were asking you and say, you know, like I sometimes uh, ask uh, Chazan, because sometimes he has a horrible look on his face. 
And then I found out it's just constipation. <laughs> no big deal. He wasn't upset with me at all. Yes. If we don't believe a thought or an emotion, can it still feel the same way as if we did? You can. Yeah, it's it's very. Uh, there's nothing. There's in that area. There's nothing dependable. There's there's nothing dependable as far as oh okay now I think I'm getting this. If, if that's happening, then you should come and talk to me. We'll talk about your uh, progress. <laughs> By the way, uh, as I often say, if anybody here thinks they're enlightened, you should come and talk to me about it. I'd like to hear your story. I'm serial. We're in the serial city. Yes, go ahead. Uh, Dallas from Athens, Michigan has a question. That darn Dallas, he just won't give up on me. <laughs> he asks, is there a way to add skillfully? Yes. The way you add skillfully is add on a cushion to your butt and add on a wall to your eyeballs. <laughs> add that on. <clears throat> Buddha. I don't often give a personal instruction, but with Dallas, I'll make an exception. Train your mind. Very simply put, all, all uh, tomfoolery aside, find a way to train your mind. Maybe, maybe it isn't even this way. Maybe, maybe you need to do something else. I don't know. There's no particular sales pitch going on. But if it looks like this is what you need to do, uh, then I'll support you. We have a building. We figure out ways to have the lights keep going. We um, we have a community here. This uh, Sangha is very, very important. Quite often it's misunderstood. It is a community of crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> that all get together and, and, and have heard the, the, have heard, have heard teachings of the Buddha. Everything is dependently arisen. That you can, you can attain reality. You can attain sanity. You can live a sane uplifted, healthy, wholesome life. It's possible to do that. Uh, Kai Un, is that it? Kai Un? No, Kiun. Uh, what are the walls of the mind? Opinions, ideas, hopes, fears, structures, beliefs, disbeliefs. I, I don't believe that. Do you believe that? No. Belief, disbelief, any position you take on anything. Positionality is what is what. Uh, um, it's a personal personalization of a relative truth. The relative truth is fine. Just don't, as it says in uh, uh, Sandokai or Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi or who knows where it says it. Uh, picking and choosing is a disease of the mind. It doesn't mean there isn't uh, fragrant things and smelly things, but they they choose themselves. You don't need to go around selecting that. So the walls of the mind are, are thinking that one thing is better than something else. When, it, when everything is just a part of this incredible reality we call, the, the Buddha referred to as dependent origination, that nothing comes of its own side as an individual being or self that has some kind of relative value, including uh, human, human beings. So if huh. everything is choosing itself, what's the including part? That's the practice part. The, the, the ground, ground path and fruition, the threefold logic is we're suffering, we're not happy, we, we can't, we don't feel good, we wake up miserable or depressed or whatever it may be. 
And so we have difficulty, we have, and emotions are coming and going and triggered by different things. A simple thing happens and deep emotions start to arise. We haven't examined that. So the examination uh, is including whatever happens, not not uh, indulging in it necessarily, but just don't don't object, don't agree, don't look away. And, th and that way you include because what arises for you conditionally, which is that's what basically it means that you don't do anything with it. It's just the path is just to include, and uh, and at some point there isn't there is no path because you're not separate from anything that's occurring, and it's not a fancy feeling. There's still you still feel like you still know there's a physical form here. But it doesn't belong to anybody. Nothing belongs to anybody anymore. Nobody really owns anything. That doesn't mean you can come and break into my house. Well, if you really want to, I suppose you can. Yes? If we see that we're giving value to a relative situation, is that seeing our attachment? Could be. But it's always just about the awareness. It's not about trying to make changes in that. Uh, don't don't start working on something until you see really clearly what it is. And if you see really clearly what it is, you'll you may go in and start working on it without really even particular particularly even thinking about it or analyzing it. You'll just function. You'll just move it. Uh, you it won't be nothing extra. It's just a movement. There's no goal orientation happening there because it's not dependent. Uh, I mean, it's not uh, separate. From everything else that's moving around. More? Any final questions? Many? Anything? Okay, thank you so much. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. Always ready to receive whatever you can spare financially to help us. We also do accept payments on PayPal and with debit and credit cards. penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's